Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and Bulldog fans everywhere. I'd like to welcome y'all back to the Shockwave. Uh, it's been a while since we've gotten together, you know, kind of that off-season lull in uh, to talk about. We're going to talk about defense today. Uh, first things first, though, is you're listening to your co-host. And your other co-host, Gavin Lagazino. And thank you for listening. We're glad to have y'all here on the Wave. Uh, as a reminder, we're affiliated with Wave Media, a huge company covering sports like it's never been done before, and that is through social media. You can find uh, dozens of accounts on Instagram, uh, Twitter, even on Snapchat. Uh, look those guys up. Me and Gavin have our own Instagrams. Mine is Mississippi State Wave on Instagram. His is Hail State Wave. Those are both just one long word. Uh, and I think you'll – like what you see on there. Give us a like, a follow, all oh, those kind of things. Help us earn a little bit more money. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like I said, we're going to be talking about defense today. Defense, my favorite part of football is uh, watching guys get lit up behind the line of scrimmage that are not on my team. I like I like to see, you know, sacks, interceptions, those kinds of things. Um, it's what I like to talk about the most, and it's what we did the best last year even the year before that, and what I think will be the strength of our team this year, despite losing uh, three first-round draft picks, and not to mention several more seniors on that defense that we uh, was the number one defense in football during the regular season. Didn't even get talked about a lot. Number one defense in football by yards and points at, by, after 12 games. Yeah. Didn't get talked about at all. It's not like we were playing scrub offenses, too. You know, yeah. Ole Miss. In the toughest league. Alabama. I mean, it's kind of just – but whatever. We're just going to do like we did with the offense. We're going to give you a quick rundown, as quick as we can possibly do, of all of the players that we expect to make an impact this year, um, names that you need to know, and then we'll kind of just tie it all together at the end. Starting off, we're going to start off with the defensive ends. So, these are your edge rushers. The first name I'd have on the list – is Ani is a Chukwu from King Ani. Uh, in fact, he signs his name as King Ani because his last name is so hard to say. Is a Chukwu is hard is hard to pronounce. Sounds like those uh, players you get at Oregon a lot, you know, with the with the or Oregon or USC and stuff like that with you know Polynesian or Hawaiian. Yeah. He's not Polynesian or Hawaiian, but it just reminds me of those players. He was a four star. Uh, recruit in the 2018 or excuse me, 2019 recruiting cycle. He is uh, extremely athletic, extremely athletic. Still learning how to play football. He's only been playing football for a few couple years. Um, may or may not play, but it's still a name that you're going to need to know. He's going to be a huge, a huge asset to this team. Maybe not this year. Could be this year. Maybe next year. Maybe he plays a couple games uh, and earns a red shirt. Maybe he doesn't play much at all. Maybe he might get in there and, and you know play enough games to burn his red shirt. But the main thing I want to get you about Ani is that he's a future star. He's a guy that's six four, two thirty, and is quick, is strong, and is going to be that speedy kind of rusher that is hard to get a hold of, kind of like Josh Allen from Kentucky or Montez Sweat uh, that we had last year. And he'll probably put on some weight too. But um, their superstar. On that side of the ball at the defensive end position is Chauncey Rivers, number five. Uh, 
he is a junior college guy that came in with Montez Sweat and was going to be, you know, him and Montez were going to be that tandem kind of thing. And as it worked out, they saw fit, did Todd Grantham in 2017, to not redshirt Montez and two redshirts Chauncey Rivers. And the reason for that was Montez could have played linebacker or defensive end, and they didn't, weren't sure where he was going to play, but he, would, he was more uh, versatile. Chauncey Rivers is more of a true defensive end. And so he gets the red shirt. Uh, last year plays, you know, rotating in and out with, you know, Montez and all those guys. Uh, a lot of time at East Mississippi Community College, you know, last chance you. He has waited his turn and is absolutely ready to light somebody up. He's 6'3", 275. He's from the same town in Georgia, Stone Mountain, Georgia, as Montez Sweat. Just funny way things work out. And he is an old veteran that is that has made impacts in games in years past already. Uh, you've seen you've heard his name called if you've ever listened to the radio or watched any of Mississippi State's games from the last year. And he is the best, you know, most complete, most likely guy that you're, whose name you're going to hear called in 2019. Um, remember that name, Chauncey Rivers. He's third team All SEC preseason without ever starting a game. So that's how you know that, you know, the coaches kind of ex- expect at least something out of him this year across the league, even if he's, you know, he's got he's got several tackles. If you watch a whole game, um, you're going to know who he is, but it's not somebody that you're going to remember from last year being one of the stars. Um, another big-time recruit that may or may not play is DeMonte Russell. He's a future guy, uh, C64, 230, and, you know, might – play his couple games as a red, get a red shirt might not play very much at all hardest tell we got some real talent on the defensive line recruiting this year we did a great job so a lot of these guys might be pressing the service pretty quick so uh another guy that is along those lines is jack harris jack harris um i'd really expect him to red shirt he's kind of a linebacker defensive end hybrid out of uh, oak grove uh high school um and he's a future leader type guy. He's very well-spoken, uh, very cerebral, um, the kind of guy that people follow. People on his high school team followed him and made him their captain. He also – coaches allowed him to wear number 15. You know what happens with that number, Gavin, don't you? Yep, that's a legendary number. Le- legendary number across mm-hmm. campus. Um, and that's Jack Harris's number. So, yep. right. You better live up to it. That I would expect to hear his name called a lot is Aaron Odom, who was a huge recruit out of Callaway High School a couple of years ago. He is a rotation piece that could be for real, for real, and he's massive. He's um, he's had a red shirt year and a year to play. Um, I would expect that next year to be his at his biggest year, but this year he will be crucial to that uh, rotation at at uh, defensive end. Um, a guy that the roster lists as a starter is Marquise Spencer, who's a junior, a veteran player that uh, played significant time last year, or excuse me, 2017, but missed most of last year due to upper body injury. Um, he actually, he also appeared in 12 games as a true freshman in like this high back, high, uh, hybrid linebacker, like Viper position, you know. Um, that was a kind of a thing with a different scheme that we used to do with uh, the whole the, the Grantham uh, thing. Excuse me. Yeah. Uh, but he's massive. He's 6'4", 285, 
And if that's your starter on the defensive end, that's an SEC body that's got experience playing uh, multiple areas of, of uh, on this defense or on defense. You know the so you know the instincts are there. You know that the the decision making and all those kind of things are there because he's been around the block. And uh, another strength of this defensive line, I think, would be Marquise Spencer. The next two guys, though, I really think could be starting um, is Fletcher Adams and Kobe Jones. First, Adams, you, everybody remembers his brother, uh, Nelson Adams. Um, a guy I think could start, might move him inside. You know, he's a little bit under, he's a little bit small, but, you know, you kind of could see him because last year they kind of moved him inside a couple times just for like special stunts and schemes, you know, maybe some third down things uh, in uh, obvious passing situations. Um, he played every game last year and had 20 tackles as a. He's only 6'2", 265. Uh, I say that, you know, 265 is big, but just being 6'2". Um, he is – he's a very key piece and another strength. You know, the defensive end were pretty deep. I've listed a lot of seniors and juniors. I might just list another junior, um, Kobe Jones. He showed out in the Tax Slayer Bowl a couple years ago. Um, if Kobe Jones is not starting, you know that your defensive line is – a defensive end is strong. Um, he might yeah. slide inside too. It to be kind of that bulldog type rusher, pass rusher on the inside. He is just he's just he's fast. He's uh about six two seventy. Um had twenty two tackles and six and a half tackles for loss just as a reserve. Was a great high school high school recruit, teammate of Willie Gay at a startable high school. Um and also I would like to like to report he's doing his best, but he can't shoot a basketball. I play basketball with him a, a couple times a week. <laughs> he's really, really good. He just can't shoot. <laughs> and he keeps shooting, and Tommy Champions out there telling him, playing against him, saying shoot, 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 because <laughs> he because Tommy Tommy don't, don't don't trust it. It's funny, <laughs> but uh, he's a much better uh, pass rusher than he is a shooter. Still a good basketball player. Um, defensive end is the strength of the defensive line. Uh, we've listed all the guys that we're going to name for right now. That is the strong point of the front four. Um, it's at tackle that we might be uh, lacking. The biggest drop-off from this year to, from last year to this year is going to be at the defensive tackle spot. I'm about to name a lot of young players. Um, a couple older guys, but a lot of young guys. And like, this, like Colton mentioned earlier, a lot of these guys that we listed at D-end could very well slide into DT just yeah. to help out with depth. And we'll, we'll move some people around. You know, these guys are, are defensive ends for a reason. You know, they're between 230 and 290, not between, you know, 270 and 320 and on the, on the weights on the you know on the scales but you just depends on the situation like I said if you got might have a third down blitz package where you just want a bunch of quick guys in there uh, knocking people over um, it just depends what happens um, the biggest thing talking about defensive tackles is Bob Shoup his scheme is so fantastic as we saw last year you know, it takes more than just good players to make the number one defense. It takes a, a scheme and a good game plan also. Great preparation. Um, I was watching film this morning, and, uh, you know, just even the decision the decision to, you know, mix up with between two or three linebackers or play in that star position, that kind of uh, nickel position in the secondary, it can get, you know, there's a lot of things that we can mix and match to help us supplant – or not supplant, but uh, add to that – weakness quote-unquote and it might not be a weakness that some of these guys might step up and be and it might become a strength um 
you're going to have to have some freshman play probably, but uh, we're going to just name some of these players and then let y'all hear about everybody that we've uh, got on the defensive tackle spot. First name I'm going to put out there is Nathan Pickering, and I'm just going to numerical order with these positions. That's I'm not naming you know, the best first or the worst guy last or anything like that. Um, Nathan Pickering, he was a four-star prospect, a top five player in the state of Mississippi consensus, uh, one of the best players in the country last year. Um, he was a top five player in a loaded Mississippi class. Okay, last year Mississippi's recruiting this high school football in Mississippi had a lot of great seniors last year. Um, he's 6'4", 315, so you know he's got the body. He's uh, got a lot of personality and character, real smart kid that uh, – you know, a lot of people were nervous with his recruiting thing, but he kept tweeting, you know, Hell State forever, was super excited. He canceled some of his official visits right before February. You know, he committed in the summer last year, and everybody's like, oh, you know, that's there's so much time. He's not going to stay because Florida wants him, LSU wants him, and he, he stayed. He took his visits, didn't, you know, uh, give any indication that he wasn't going to stay uh, to the coaches or anything. And uh, he even canceled some of his last ones. And now he's a Bulldog and will be for the uh, rest of his career. He's a guy that'll probably get drafted as a junior. You know, this is your future Jeffrey Simmons type player. Um, and I feel like the way that Nathan handled his recruiting process really speaks to what type of person he is, just the way he went about his business saying, um, you know, I know I'm a highly touted recruit, but I'm staying home. I'm going to Mississippi State. But on the other hand, I'm still going to go out and enjoy these visits and get to see new places with my family and it was it was very cool to be able to see him do that I mean, thing and still be I'm able recruit, to be If I got five official visits, I might commit as a sophomore in high school. But dang, if they're gonna pay for me to take a weekend at a at a town that I've never been to before. Like, heck, I'll do that. Don't yep. me. That don't hurt. That can't hurt nobody. Uh, that's all he did. You know, that's just one of the things. And people, you get so tired of Mississippi State. Uh, you hear about Mississippi State being, you know, and also ran in this league. And you know, if if Florida and LSU wants wants a kid. We're not your grandfather or, your, or even your dad's Mississippi State team. You know, we're we're moving up in the world in a way that two thousands and even in the in the eighties and seventies that nobody could have predicted. Not not to mention, as far as defensive line goes, there's no better place to go. Look at what Fletcher yeah, Cox yeah. and what Chris Jones and Danico Altry and Preston Smith and all these guys are doing in the league. What Montez Sweat and Jeffrey Simmons are doing before they even get a. a touch the field because you know they've already got that contract uh signed there's just there's no reason that any any kind of defensive line prospect in the country could, wouldn't want to come to mississippi state you know next player is another freshman yeah, yeah. Uh, red shirt freshman so he could be in the rotation um without any hopes of burning you know a red shirt because it's already gone that's devin robinson 25 and he should rotate in and out uh a big name, a guy that you could, I could see starting is another redshirt freshman. A uh, huge recruit when he came. He was a top ten player in high school a couple years ago. That's Fabian Lovett. Yeah. Uh, that's from Olive Branch. So, Gavin could probably tell you more about him than I could. He's 6'4", 315. Yeah, I really think Fabian's going to start this year, and that's not me being biased. That's me talking with other guys who are unbiased and just getting their opinions on him. But it's very likely to see Fabian starting this year. And then – um, just to go ahead and say my starters for the year, I think we'll have Marquise and uh, probably Kobe on the edge. And then I really do think we'll slide Fletcher Adams at DT and let Fabian start along with him. Um, Fabian Lovett was a huge, 
like I said, a huge get. He redshirted last year. The games he played in, he did accrue a couple stats in some of those games. You got a lot of – you got one linebacker that played all four games as a redshirt freshman. You got a couple guys. Um, a lot of uh, guys made appearances either versus Stephen F. Austin or Louisiana Lafayette or Louisiana Tech. Um, and this is one of those guys. They preserved a redshirt because we were so deep at that position last year and had lots of seniors. And that's a good thing about all these players – you know, we've got a lot of a lot of redshirt freshmen, but I'd rather have a redshirt freshman than a true sophomore. If now, only because now that freshman does have experience, you know, uh, he can play a couple games. He knows what it, what's expected of him. Because of that rule change last year, a redshirt freshman is just so valuable to have because they've seen the field a couple times. They've still got four years left of eligibility. And it's kind of going to be this, it is, this is kind of a piece it together year at defensive tackle. But next year, defensive tackle should be a strength. Yeah. Um, especially, you know, even if it's supplemented by recruits from this from this upcoming recruiting cycle, uh, it should be something of position uh, group that we excel at because at Mississippi State, you know, defensive line is just so crucial to our recruiting and to our team that it's always going to be important. Um, you know, you're always you're worried about defensive tackle because how important running the ball between the tackles is in this league. But I think there's, there's going to be some schemes and some things that kind of uh, fill those gaps, if you know what I mean. She's going to um, figure it out. Shoot's going to figure it out. Another guy is uh, that could rotate rotate around and uh, get a couple plays is James Jackson. He's 6'3", 315. Redshirt in 17. And actually, the last half of the season last year switched to offensive line to rotate in and out uh, as uh, just as a filler because, due to some injuries. But he played four games at defensive tackle last year. Um, that's a sophomore, a guy that could come into his own as an older guy and really make a difference, uh, a huge difference. Not only this year, but in the years to come. Um, Jaden Crumity, he's a, a redshirt freshman. He's a top two or three, depending on who you ask, player in the state 2018. So this is an absolute stud. Uh, um, one, you know, one guy away from being the best player in Mississippi. Uh, he could. He's another guy that might start in the interior. He redshirted and played two games last year at nose guard. And this year he's working at nose guard behind the next guy we're going to talk about. And uh, that's uh, uh, Jaden Crummy, 6'5", 300 pounds. Uh, the guy we're talking about that he was working behind in the spring game is Lee Autry, who's a senior. Uh, we all know his brother uh, that played for Mississippi State and uh, is with Indianapolis Colts and had a breakout season last year. Uh, Lee Autry, you know, family ties are great because Lee Autry's from North Carolina. <laughs> Came to Itawamba Community College. Was a solid defensive tackle last year. You know, he popped up on the film that I was watching uh, today. He made a tackle for loss against Texas A&M. Um, that Matt Wyatt broke down for me. Shout out to Matt Wyatt. He he's probably the starter. He'll be the uh, he'll play nose guard. Um, at six at six two three oh five, he played in every game and started once last year. Um, he was the second best in Mississippi. He is going to be he's going to be the name that you probably hear the most. Uh pregame as a starter in the interior and also when you hear his na- uh, names called for tackles being made on the inside. He's the guy that I think would rotate out the least most playing time um, out of anybody. Next guy is a senior, Kendall Jones. He's a rotation guy. He's had six games in his career and uh, he played in one game last year. I think it was maybe some bad and some injury. He's 6'4", 300 pounds. Cameron Young He's a redshirt freshman out of very close to where I'm from. He's from Franklin County, Mississippi. Went to Franklin County High School. 
that's just a country country strong youngin uh guy that grows grew up doing stuff out in the out in the country out in the fields uh like i did you know uh-huh. carry toting stuff uh simple guy very smart quiet not uh a rock the boat kind of guy kind of that strong quiet leader he's six three three oh five and you know, one other, like I said, with a lot of these red, uh, red shirt freshmen, if you're a red shirt freshman, you've already burned that red shirt. Let's open them up. Let's just let's send you out there, and any chance you get, send you out there to not only make the team better, but to make you better for years to come. Mm-hmm. Because he's got four years left to play, and there's nothing to lose by letting him play every single game this year. You know, might as well. Uh, as long as obviously we're not going to put him in there and let him get eat up because that would hurt. Yeah. The team. But any chance we get where we where we think he can handle it, every chance you can think, every chance you can get, if you think the guy can handle it, let's throw him in there. Yeah, hopefully he'll get a chance to play week one. That'd be nice. Alan Love is the last guy we're going to talk about. He'll be wearing number ninety nine. He only played four games last year at University of Louisville, but he's listed as a sophomore on the roster. And I don't know why that makes any sense to me because if you only play four games, you should be a redshirt freshman. Because it was only his first year last year. But uh, it is what it isn't. And this is a guy that has D1 experience and adds a lot of depth at the uh, position. This is the most interesting player. I have not heard it confirmed or denied yet if he'll be eligible this year. I think he is. But he's, he's only 6'2", 285. But he's a guy that could, that could start at this position. Um, and he probably won't, but he but he's got the potential. He has the potential in the future. He was a big recruit out of the state of Alabama uh, last year, or excuse me, a couple of years ago, and now really has a chance to add. You know, if we needed to transfer at any position, the most it was probably at defensive tackle, and we got one. We went out and got somebody. You know, we added a wide receiver, which was huge, and we needed that. We added a quarterback, and we needed that. This defensive tackle transfer is going to be not the one that you hear about the most, but it's going to be one of the most important. Even if it just gives gives some guys some uh, breaks in the rotation, some more rest, or if it challenges guys in practice, because we I've named right now several freshmen, two seniors, and two sophomores in this group in this position group. Okay, one of the sophomores that I just named down I love might not might not can play. So, for sure, you got two seniors, one sophomore, and the rest are freshmen. That's all your that's all of your defensive tackle group. So, that's why this next group is so important. We're going to talk about linebackers. Um, we have one of the best linebacking groups in the country. If you ask me, it's the best. And Probably one of the best position groups in the SEC. Probably, yeah, definitely, on defense. Yeah. Right up there with, you know, LSU's – cornerbacks group that they always have you know it's going these guys are going to have to be able to diagnose plays and shoot through those gaps uh to stop the run you know limit to less than two yard gain or whatever all uh, often they're going to be called an offer they're going to get a lot of tackles this year last year you know linebackers you expect to make the most have the most tackles on the team of course but you know because their defensive line was so strong last year your linebacker core is still great. Doesn't get as many tackles just added to the stat sheet as you would expect from a great linebacking group. This year, uh, gloves are off. They're gonna have to. They're gonna have. There's gonna have to be some triple digit tacklers. I'm not. I'm not predicting a triple digit tackler, but there's gonna have to be that kind of guy uh, 
in this linebacking group. You know, Leo Lewis is one of those that has 79 tackles as a freshman. We'll get to him later. But uh, Errol Thompson is obviously a stud. Um, but the first guy we're going to break down is Willie Gay Jr. Uh, he plays the Will linebacker position, which means, okay, if you've got three linebackers in, he's an outside linebacker. If you've got two linebackers in, he's not the one calling the scheme. That's just what that means. Okay. Uh, Errol Thompson will be the one calling the uh, calling the defense. Um, he's from Starkville. Willie Gay is crazy long and athletic. Um, he's a guy that could get, get uh, lead this year to the draft and be drafted early just because of his measurables. His measurables are outstanding. Um, in fact, he'll he'll probably go drafted the highest out of any of these linebackers just because of that. Um, great, in, but he's he's working. Last year, you saw as it developed. You know, you know, started six games. His instincts and his uh, decision making got so much better. And he is a smart kid. Um, you saw that improve, and when you couple that with athleticism, there's no limits to what you can do on the football field. Um, he's six two, two forty, and he sacked and intercepted to attack of Iloa last year, which didn't happen very much. Picked off twice in SEC. He was, SEC he was the second guy. He, there's only two think, regular season interceptions from Tua. Yeah. He's got one of them. So that's pretty impressive. Tua Tagovailoa is pretty good at football. <laughs> My sister wants to name a dog after him. I said, you're not naming a dog after him. What? Uh, is that not stupid? That's so stupid. He wa- and she wants to name a dog after Saquon Barkley, too. I said, no, he plays for the Giants. We're not doing that. He plays for Moorhead. That he did play for Moorhead, and that's that's fine and dandy. But now he plays for the Giants. We're not doing that. <laughs> anyway, she's and next she thing thinks, you know, she she'll be wanting. Dreamy. To... She thinks Saquon and two are dreamy. So, yeah. well, or she'll be wanting to name uh, her next dog DK or something. Uh, oh no! Oh no! She's <laughs> she, she's gone. She's gone. She does that. <laughs> the dog sitting in my lap right now is named Mangum. So, <laughs> uh. Next guy we're going to talk about, sorry to get off on that tangent, is Leo Lewis. He's a senior. We weren't expecting him back going into 2018, but now that he's in 2019, we're glad to have him back because that just makes this line. You know, even if you just had Tim Washington, Errol Thompson, Willie Gay, this is one of the best groups in the SEC without Leo. It's even that much better. Um, he's from Brookhaven, Mississippi. He was a top line, uh, inside linebacker recruit when he was a freshman. Uh He's a, he's another quiet leader on the team. That's important. That's going to be very very important. He was leading tackler with seventy nine tackles as a freshman, like, which I mentioned earlier. Um, he didn't quite do things like that junior and uh, uh, sophomore seasons. That's mostly because of the way the scheme worked. It was a little bit different type of scheme, especially with Todd Grantham. That didn't just put you don't just put him in the best position to go get a bunch of tackles. It doesn't mean he wasn't incredibly important last year. Um, he forced a fumble. Uh, against Kansas State that was wrongfully overturned and called an incomplete pass. And I watched that video today. It was definitely a fumble. Yeah. Uh, led to a field goal, but that's neither here nor there. You know, you got all the old Miss stuff with Leo. And I'll tell you just what I'll tell you about that. Okay. There are players that get paid to go to college. Not just scholarships. They get money. Okay. That happens. It happens. It's not, it's not good, but it happens. Uh, it is, the only reason it's not good is just against the rules. It's against the rules. Ole Miss offered him money. Ole Miss got in trouble for it. Uh, Rebel Rags, the store, offered him clothes. They got in trouble for it. 
if Ole Miss offered him money and he came to Mississippi State, do you think that we didn't offer him money? <laughs> we did. But here's the thing. There are legal ways in the rules to get him money. And I, well, not, I'm not going to explain the whole process of how that worked because I know how it worked because uh, I, know, I, know the, I know the person that gave him the money. But we're not going to just go into all that. But there is a perfectly legitimate way to pay a player, quote, unquote, that we did, and now he's here instead of at Ole Miss. So Ole Miss can get mad about it all they want. Oh, Mississippi State paid him, blah, blah, blah. I was like, yeah, well, there's ways you can you can get around some of those rules, and we just took advantage of that. Sorry. Ole Miss okay. fans say he's trash anyway, so I don't know why they'd want him. I don't – yeah. they. I, had, I, I met a dude in Memphis – no, in Jackson, Tennessee – he saw I had a Mississippi State shirt on. He goes, oh, you know Leo Lewis is going to jail, right? And I was like, Leo Lewis didn't do anything illegal. Mm-hmm. If they did anything, it was with the NCAA. And it wasn't him. It was the <laughs> University of Mississippi that did it. <laughs> you know, you don't get you don't get in huge trouble for taking money. <laughs> Your parents get in trouble for taking money, but you don't get – you know, somebody offers you money. First of all, second of all, it's not illegal. It's just it has to do with the NCAA. Yeah. So. If you break people, in, people, Ole Miss fans just want to ruin things. Like, said, he come up to me, just first thing he said was, "You know, Leo Lewis is going to jail, right?" Well, if you I go said, to, well, I'm actually. Go if you go to jail for breaking NCAA rules, then their whole football program would be going to jail right now. Both convictions would be in jail. Uh, Laramie Tunsil would be in jail. They're not. Laramie Tunsil. Laquan Treadwell would probably be in jail. Laquan Treadwell uh, would be in jail mm-hmm. anyway. Um. Going on, we're getting on too many tangents now. But uh, next guy we're going to talk about is Nathaniel Watson. Um, he redshirted last year. He's been playing the middle linebacker. He was a huge piece for the future, and that will keep these linebacking uh, groups great for years to come because he's going to be very important. Him and Errol Thompson could be on the field a lot at the same time next year. Uh, he's six two two forty five, and right now he played a couple games last year, and he could keep starters fresh. And that's very crucial because we're going to ask a lot out of these linebacking groups. Another guy in a similar situation is Aaron Brule. He played all four games. So, you know that the coaches trust him to make decisions. He, you know, he burnt, he didn't burn his red shirt, but he played the maximum amount of games. Only player on the defense to do that last year as a freshman. Um, I think he will be the first, the second guy to rotate in. Okay. So he will be the fifth linebacker, if you ask me. Uh, that's just my opinion. He's 6'1", 235. Shamar Kirby Lane, he's a senior from Hollywood, Florida, was a five-star recruit at a high school. He went to Florida State, then came back to Colin uh, Community College in Wesson, um, where a lot of great players came. You know, Montez Sweat, Donald Gray, Malik Heath, we just got from Colin uh, as a recruit. Um, he plays a lot on special teams. He played in six games on special teams last year. I expect more special teams things. He might rotate in and out uh, of that actual linebacking group on defense. Uh, and he, again, guy that keep guys fresh. Yeah. And Shamar, Shamar can be very good. Huh? I said Shamar can be very good if you think about um, just how how highly touted he was coming out of high school. He, he was a big deal at a high school. He was, he's athletic, yeah. definitely athletic. Just kind of things, you know, I feel bad for – uh, guys, it doesn't always pan out, you know. Doesn't work out yeah. at Florida State. You go to Kapai Lincoln. Uh, you know, you get you find yourself on a roster somewhere, and here you are. You redshirted a year. You played. Uh, you've played uh, another year. It's only six six appearances, and you just kind of 
you know, he's got a chance to uh, really make a difference this year, but his guys work cut out cut out for him simply because of the guys that are in front of him. He's got a senior and three, uh, two seniors and two juniors that are that are all time linebackers for that could potentially be all time linebackers for Mississippi State, and that's just the way the cookies crumbled for him. Uh, yep. You know, he was these guys are more recruited to fit the scheme that Coach Shoup wants. You know, just things happen, and you feel bad for him because you know he's he's a good athlete, but. Um, moving on, though, Errol Thompson, who's a junior, he's your captain of the defense, preseason All-SEC, your middle linebacker. Nothing, There's not enough that can be said about his leadership, instincts, his tenacity. He will lay you out. If you, you watch him hit people, it's fun. It's, it's <laughs> I, posted, I posted a little montage the other day on my Instagram of Errol Thompson just laying people out. It's, it's beautiful. I could watch that. I could watch that on repeat for like half an hour. Just watching it and just lay people out. Uh, watch that, rewatch that big interception against Kansas State, um, yep. and the one against Texas A&M uh, today. You know, though the, the good thing Kansas about State, Errol though, he hits hard, but he hits hard the right way. Yeah, and that's very rare. He is an extremely smart player. Um, great heart. Uh, started every game last year. Like I said, huge Kansas State in a. Uh, turnover against uh, Texas A&M. He's probably, the, he, you know, if you ask me, probably the most important piece on the best linebacking group in the country. And that's, you know, that's saying a lot. He's a captain and the most important most important group player in the, the best group in the SEC. Um, another guy we can talk about is Jet Johnson. And, you know, Jet Johnson, Brule, and Watson are the redshirt freshmen that are going to be the, the trio for the future, Okay. Um, you might have Errol Thompson back next year. I doubt you have Willie Gay, but you might. But those three guys next year and the year after that are going to be very, 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 very important. Yeah. He's an Fun fact about Jet Johnson, he yeah. actually broke uh, my high school starting quarterback's hand. This Did he really? Year. <laughs> yeah. Dang. Oof. Broke his throwing hand. You know, he hits hard, too. Uh, he was yeah. the top inside linebacker recruit in Mississippi a couple years ago. I think he's from Tupelo. <laughs> Yes. Um, last guy we've got is a senior that adds a ton of experience. He played in a, every game last the last three years. He has gone three years in a row playing every single game, which just says a lot for not only his durability, but he's been trusted by three different coaching staffs, the three different defensive defensive coordinators, to go out there and make plays. And even though he hasn't started a ton, he has – he has been huge just on special teams, on uh, regular defense. And he's a guy that has accepted his role and does his role the best of his ability. Even though he's got a couple of juniors starting uh, in front of him, he'll be the first guy uh, in the game after one of those three. And he'll be, uh, he'll be huge this year. He's going to have to be just as, just as good, just a touch, you know, underneath what those other three guys, what those top three guys are to keep this defense where it needs to be, especially with a defensive tackle spot being kind of the soft spot. All right. Um, so just looking at the linebacker group as a whole, they're going to need to make plays just to make sure our defense can be close to as good as they were last year. Um, like Colton hinted at earlier, they're going to need to make a lot more tackles than we've seen in previous years, just with the depth not being at um, defensive, the defensive line anymore. And, they're just going to have to be the strength of our defense if we want to make uh, plays and perform well in SEC play. 
The, I'd say the strength of our defense would be the back seven for once, which is very weird to hear say um, about the Mississippi State defense. But looking at our cornerback group, there's really a lot of good options, a ton of guys that could be potential starters. And uh, like like the linebacker group, they have potential to be one of the best position groups in the SEC, led by uh, the junior Cam Dantzler, who's poised for a All-American season. He's a preseason All-American. Um, just very good in coverage, has good ball skills. Um, yeah, I mean, you can't really – you can't really praise the way Cam Dancers played enough at the at, a, at such a young age. Yeah, you know, Cam's got a son this summer. Uh, congratulations to him and uh, the baby's mom. Just shout out to that. He's from Hammond, Louisiana, and has just been so fantastic for uh, all the years that he's played. Remember, he had a, a big interception in the Tax Slayer Bowl, what would have been his freshman year. Uh he is his redshirt freshman year where he did play in all 13 games. And I knew then that he was going to be big for us last year. He was one of the best cornerbacks in the sec. Um, and that's, that's, you know, that includes all those guys that have at Florida and all those guys that have LSU Cam Dancer was right there with him. Um, yeah. He is a hard hitter. He, he, he is tenacious. He'll, he'll lay somebody out. He's not scared, of, scared of contact. He, uh, Great ball skills, you know. You don't you don't want your cornerbacks also to be that, you know, too tall to where they can't move around very good. And he's right in that sweet spot at five uh, eleven. So yeah. you're glad that you're glad that your guy that you're really glad to have on this team. Excuse me, no, I was looking at the wrong one. Cam Dancer is six two. Sorry, he's listed at six two. I don't think he's six two though, because I've I've met him a couple times. Yeah, that's why. I, um, so moving on from Cam, we have Maurice Smitherman. He will be a uh, senior this year. He's very quick. Uh, he'll be – he'll definitely he, – we've seen him at safety, but he's listed as a corner. Um, he had two starts last year to replace Jamal Peters because we all know he battled with some injuries last year. Um, played in special teams. He had a good season last year. But I feel like we really didn't see Maurice play to his full potential last year. And if he plays to his full potential this year, he'll be one of the top uh, corners in the SEC. You know, Maurice Smitherman, he's one of those guys that was – he was on track to be like a couple of the guys that we have named that, you know, what one of those what might have been guys comes to Mississippi State, you know, plays in a few games uh, over the course of your career. You know, senior year you might play in eight or nine games, you know, fill in some gaps – and that's it. And, you know, you go on to your job, you graduate, do whatever. Maurice Smitherman was pressing service last year and did fantastic. Um, in fact, yeah. the defense improved with him in there. And that's not just because he was better than Jamal. I think it was – I think, you know, you put in the guy that you weren't expecting to have and maybe the, the other guy's mindset just changes and they feel like they got to be a little bit more ferocious. But um, last year he held quarterbacks to a pass rating of less of 49, which is just fantastic. Uh he had a huge interception against uh, Ole Miss, which uh, demonstrated the great bosses that he had. That was a, a ab- wonderful play in the end zone. You know, it seems like every time we go to Oxford now, we pick off a ball in the end zone from the cornerback spot. You know, Jamal Peters did that in, 2000, in 2016. Um, he was part of a cornerbacking group that didn't give up any touchdowns last year, along with side Cam Dancer and some of those other backups. And he's back. He's a senior. He's experienced. You know, maybe it's due to injury last year, but he got plenty of experience playing in all 13 games. And now you've got 
players that have played complete seasons on both cornerback spots, that'll be your starters, one of which is an All-American, one of which, uh, like I just laid out, uh, had, had a great passer rating allowed. And suddenly your back guys, which has always been in years past, you know, last year the whole defense was strong across the board. But in years past, if there was a weakness, it was our pass defense. Uh, uh, since after, post Jonathan Banks, you know, that 2009-11-ish time, it's always been that kind of that weak point. And now it's your, I think it's your strong point with your linebackers, yeah. with your cornerbacks. You got some things to figure out at safety, but the guys that are going to be playing safety are, could be freakishly athletic and elite. Um, yeah. Moving on, though, to some more cornerbacks that we've got listed. Freshman is Jerry and Jones. He is, I think, the second most likely freshman to not redshirt this year after Nathan Pickering. Uh, Jaron Jones is an absolute stud of an athlete. He could play. He could play receiver too. He's going to play defense for Mississippi State, but he could have been an SEC receiver or an SEC cornerback. Yeah. He's. Uh, find his jersey number so I can tell y'all. If you see him, he'll be number. Uh, two. He's number two. Six foot, hundred ninety pounds from Brandon. Very, very versatile athlete. Went to Northwest Rankin, who's a huge uh, athletic school, especially for baseball, but football also. Four-star prospect, one of the best players in the state of Mississippi last year from uh, in a loaded class, number 20 safety in the country. He's a guy that is going to definitely make a difference, and he is so excited to be at Mississippi State. Uh, he was recruiting and I don't, guys. I don't expect him to redshirt. You don't? No, because – I actually talked with Jerry the other day, and I asked him. I said, "I said, what are the odds that you redshirt this year?" And he said, he, "His his response, and I quote, he said, shoot, I better not redshirt, or I'll be calling LSU.'" <laughs> so, and I, I know Jim Moorhead is not going to let Jerry and Jones slip away to LSU. No, and that's in jest, <laughs> but still, that's not a chance we're yeah. willing to take. <laughs> another uh, another freshman that uh, deserves a word is Martin Emerson. Martin Emerson's from Pensacola, Florida. He'll probably redshirt this year. He's a f- true freshman. But uh, that's just a big get I'd like to highlight. We fought off a lot of schools, a lot of big-name schools to uh, get this guy. Um, he was uh, – he's a great athlete, a great football player. He's got the size that you want, you know, right there at 6'2", 195, very quick. Uh, he'll be part of that future, future uh, cornerback course. Um, the next person on the list is Tyler Williams. He's a sophomore that uh, played in nine games last year, which means that he's probably, unless it becomes Jones, that's probably a good bet to be your third option at cornerback if you played nine games last year. You know, there'll be other guys that you know you you need you you need a three a first a first option times two. That's Dancer and Smitherman. Second option times two. Uh, Tyler Williams could uh, find himself in that mix, um, and he's from Oxford. You know, we've we know about a couple we guys from Marble that went to play over there, but he's from Oxford. Did you see the guy yesterday from Oxford that is a Oxford High School that's committed? To, he's quarterback at their high school, but he's committed to play baseball at Mississippi State. That squatted five twenty five last year as a senior. Yeah, that was insane. Yep. Hopefully, hopefully State can actually get him. We'll see. We'll see. He does big things for state. I bet he will. Uh, if you squat in five twenty-five, you're probably an athlete. Is he a pitcher? <laughs> um, I think so. 
I mean, I can check up on that. I can update us in a couple minutes. Uh, that's not that terribly important. Um, yeah, we're not on that, baseball right now. Do what? I said we're not on baseball right now. We don't have to worry about it. Guy that uh, played a lot last year, he played in seven games. That's Corey Charles. Um, he could be in that rotation. He's 5'10", 180. He's a junior. Uh, he played 31 of his 50 snaps at quarterback at cornerback last year. Um, but he did, like I said, did appear in seven games, uh, mostly in punt return coverage. But he can uh, definitely, you know, give some give some freshness to some of these other guys, uh, allow them to not uh, be totally gassed throughout the game. And, you know, game managing, that's a lot. A lot of the coaching when you get to this level, uh, once you get out of practice and you're actually in the game, is just bodies, okay, keeping guys fresh, doing what you got to do. Um, another junior that's very, very talented is uh, Tari Dixon. In a redshirt sophomore season, he played in 2018. He played in 10 games, um, started out in junior college, played one year, redshirted, played in 10 games last year, uh, mostly on special teams. But he's another guy that's going to rotate in and out. Uh, he's a little bit small at 5'9", uh, 165, but he's definitely fast and got great ball skills. Um, moving on down, just a couple more guys. A redshirt freshman is uh, Jalen Reed. Yeah. Jalen Reed uh, went to Olive Branch, which is right down the road from me. He was a big get out of high school, somebody who committed early on in his uh, high school career. I'm pretty sure he committed – it was either at the end of his junior year or the very beginning of his uh, senior year. Red Took a red shirt last year, and uh, he actually played in three games last year. So, got three tackles in those three games. He'll be good in coverage, and uh, he could be – he could he could definitely see some a decent amount of action this year. Yeah, that's like I said, another guy that can add just strength to the you know add depth, add strength to this position group. Play on special teams. You need got got to have guys make tackles on special teams. We don't want people running punts back on us, running kickoffs back on us, uh, which is it, you know it kind of gets unheralded the got the special teams players. You know, we've had some great, great players. You know, Chris Morgan last year on punt coverage was, you know, probably has a record for downing punts inside the five-yard line. He was just awesome. Uh, and these are – some of these guys are going to be called to do that, and they're going to be ready to, to uh, ready when their name is called. They're going to be able to uh, answer the bell, as they say, answer the cowbell. Mm-hmm. But you're also going to need some of these guys to play real defense and uh, give Cam and Maurice a rest. Yep. And you can't just put Cam in the whole time. You know, t- you, you can't put in a guy for one play to give Cam a break that's going to get burnt. These are SEC players for a reason. We're bringing up names that you might not have heard of before, but they're over here at Mississippi State in the SEC because you're expected to put them in the game and not to get absolutely fried on a deep ball uh, when you got these guys in the game. Yep. And another Last guy, guy about- he could, uh, another guy who could make a big impact. And just like Colton was saying, take some reps off of the off of Cam and Maurice and those guys as Joshua Short. Um, he's an undersized guy at corner, 5'10", 185. Um, you know, he he didn't see very much action last year. Um, I think he played one game, if I'm yeah, it was one he played one game last year and just a red shirt freshman coming in looks like he can add depth this year and get some reps to keep the other guys rested 
great stuff. Moving on to safety, um, some guys that I really want to hit uh, big time. Jaquarius Landrews, he's a guy that, you know, you got a lot of potential starters, your two safety spots. One, Some of these guys are going to move to that star nickel spot. Depending on how we start, we might start a game with three linebackers and four defensive backs, or we might start a game with two linebackers and five defensive backs. And that that's why you have 12 starters listed on the defense for Mississippi State. When the depth chart comes out, there will be 12 starters. If you have three linebackers, you know it's going to be uh, Gay, Thompson, and Lewis, like we mentioned in the linebacking part of the show. Um, but some of these players are starters – when you have the nickel, the star package, which has five defensive backs, and some of these guys won't be in the game when you don't have that position on the field. And that's just because sometimes there's a whole position that that's in the game uh, th- that could be in the entire game, a whole new position that's not in the game at other times. That's basically what I'm trying to say. So some of these guys, you're going to find a, uh, one of those is going to be Brian Cole that could find himself in either that position or true safety. But, uh, just going down this list, first guy we are going to talk about is Aquarius Landrews. He is a older guy, veteran. This senior has experience playing uh, in th- both this game and the schemes of the past. He's played a lot. He's six foot, two hundred pounds, um, from Summit, Mississippi, which is close to where I'm from. Very, very versatile. He uh, played in ten games and had a couple starts last year. Was great in his starts. Uh, his against Texas A&M, he forced what should have had a sack. Uh, Kellen Mond got the ball out the last minute, but he blitzed off the edge and lit up Kellen Mond on a third and goal situation that held them to a field goal, which is obviously crucial uh, in that first half. He uh, had 21 tackles and four and a half for loss and three sacks last year as a safety, which is just fantastic for a rotation piece. He is going. He's had a redshirt year after junior college from Colian, and he is a guy that could start. Um, a name that you're going to need to know. Field a lot. Next guy that we are going to talk about, though, is who I mentioned earlier. That's Brian Cole. Brian Cole played five games last year before he was injured, and uh, he is an absolute monster, a freak athlete, uh, a guy that from all the way from Saginaw, Michigan, that went, went to last chance U at East Mississippi. Yeah. He actually started his career he, at Michigan. Would you start off at Mid- Yeah, I just, I just pulled that up. Yep. Started at Michigan. He plays, you know, he's going to be that star position. Very, very uh, crucial. He could return kicks if Isaiah Zuber is not returning kicks uh, also. Very, very, very intense. Awesome athlete. Great player. 6'2", 210 pounds. Just to speak to his athleticism. He's a guy that he was healthy all the time. Say what? Um, just to give us something quick to show how athletic he is. He was actually the number one rated wide receiver in the state of Michigan. Um Whenever he was, whenever he was going to Michigan, so coming out of high school, he was a number one rated wide receiver, and then when he got to uh, East Mississippi, he, he switched to a DB. Yeah, that too. That's crazy. He's a uh, he's a guy that if he'd have been healthy all last year, probably would have got drafted. Um, we were when we came into the season last year, we were expecting to have more than six draft picks, and could have had ten, just depending on how the season went. And ended up, and part of the reason we didn't have that many is because Brian Cole was injured for most of the year. But he's healthy now. He is ready to rock and roll because this is his money year. He has to have, you know, a, a you know start every game or a basically a, basically start every game again. It's going to depend on the package that we use. 
um, kind of year where he's getting uh, five or six tackles a game, yeah. and then he can be up there with, you know, listed with uh, top three rounds. We need to pray for this an injury-free is, year, too. Huh? I said we need to pray for an injury-free year, too. We do need we do need an injury-free year from him. This is the least – the name that you might know, know the least on this defense that is going to do the most, if that's if that makes – if you yeah. understand what I'm trying to say. Of the guys that you might not – that you might not be terribly familiar with, Brian Cole is probably the most important. Another important player at safety who had a great freshman year last year is uh, Marcus Murphy. Um, Marcus Murphy was one of the best recruits coming uh, coming into Mississippi State. He wears number seven, you know, antithesis to Nick Fitzgerald on the defense. Uh, extremely versatile. He played in 12 games as a true freshman. Yeah, a lot that's of that he, was special teams. He did, we like, he was, but um, if you're letting a guy as a true freshman – Play, even if it's on special teams, and spe- I, I almost especially if it's on special teams, if you trust the guy that much to burn a red shirt when playing on all twelve games, um, you know it's somebody special. Him and him and Malik Heath were probably the biggest, uh, brightest stars in the recruiting class uh, in two thousand eighteen. Of course, Malik Heath didn't qualify and had to go to Colin. Yeah. But uh, this is an early enrollee after, before his freshman year that was uh, a top three recruit in Mississippi and is going to be a big uh, asset to the team this year. He uh. He'll probably – it'll be between – so you've got Brian Cole that's probably going to be at that special star spot. Landrews, Murphy, and Fred uh, – a guy we'll talk about later, Fred Peters, are probably in the mix mostly – those four guys in the mix mostly for those two starting spots at safety, which is we, we got to replace both safeties from last year. Yeah. Um, if there is a weakness in the back seven, it could be safety, but these, these are some athletes that I expect to be phenomenal uh, at that position. Yeah, I mean, they're – they're not going to be Jonathan Abram, but they're they're still athletic, and there's no there's no need to have any concern about the safety position. I don't think so either. Um, another guy we're going to talk about is C.J. Morgan. Um, C.J. Morgan, he is a junior. That's so obviously he's got some experience at the position. He uh is a guy that's going to like I said. He could compete for a starting for a starting spot. He's going to be uh, very important regardless. Um, he's very instinctive and a guy that hits really hard. He's gonna knock knock you flat if he hits you. He played in all thirteen games last year and started three games when uh, Brian Cole and then Jaquarius Landers got injured. So that shows me that he could start this year. Just, just think about it this way: Jaquarius Landers was in for an injury after after an injury. Then once he got hurt. They trusted C.J. Morgan to start, and he did fine. He had uh, 20 tackles last year in that rotation spot and uh, was a guy that proved to be reliable. He's uh, made several big tackles in the bowl game, uh, had some interceptions last year. He's going to be important even if he doesn't start. A guy that they're very excited about is a JUCO player named Fred Peters. He is kin to Jamal Peters. Um, He was at – why did his name slip me? The community college in Jones County. Jones County. Jones County. He's at Jones County Community College. Uh. Um, he's wearing he's wearing Jonathan Abrams' old number. Uh, he's cousins to Jamal Peters, but he's from the he's from Columbia, which is where uh, Jonathan Abrams from, and he went to Jones County. Which uh, excuse me, yeah, I think he uh, 
I think he's distantly kin to Jonathan Abram, too. I don't know why I've heard that. He's from the same place as Jonathan Abram, so maybe that's why I think that, and that's not true. But I thought he was kidding to both of them. I haven't heard that, but I do know that he is related to Jamal. He's definitely related to Jamal. Uh, It doesn't have him listed as related to Jonathan Abram, does Jamal. Um, But he is following in in Jonathan Abram's footsteps from Columbia, went to Jones County, wearing number 38 to play safety. Um, He early enrolled last year, uh, this past spring, which is great. Um, He is – was the the best the fifth best junior college recruit in Mississippi last year, and the number four national safety in junior college last year, uh, out of uh, Jones County. Um, another guy that could potentially start, if not this year, then almost certainly next year. He is going to be able to uh, add much needed depth at that position. Um, it's the last of these five guys that we're going to name. All five of these guys, I trust in every single way possible. Um, even the even you got one sophomore here and Marcus Murphy, he'll be a true sophomore. But Landrews, Cole, Morgan, and Peters are all guys uh, who their credentials and their background lead me to believe that we're going to be just fine at this at uh, the safety spot. Yep. And another cool thing to look at: uh, so Jaquarius Landrews and Brian Cole are both seniors. So let's say they both win starting jobs. Then next year, our I'd say you could predict our starting safeties to be C.J. Morgan and Fred Peters, who would also be seniors. So, and then you still got Marcus Murphy, who Marcus yeah. Murphy's the most athletic out of all. Of them, yeah, uh, debatably, with uh, debatably with respect to Brian Cole and, and others, but there's going to be not a lot of want at that position. I don't believe, especially the way that Bob Shoup coached coaches that position because safeties did so great last year. Mm-hmm. Um, Jonathan Abram was fantastic. Mark McLaurin was fantastic last year. Um, and even the guys that come in to back up, you know, your, uh, your Fred, P- uh, excuse me, your uh, Jaquarius Landrews and CJ Morgan, they had fantastic ga- uh, games as Bulldogs last year. And there's your, those are third to fourth string guys. So Bob shoot knows how to coach this position group. Um, our defensive back, defensive backs coaching has been, was fantastic last year. And I just don't think there's going to be a lot of problems on that aspect of the defense. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking to the whole defense, you know, we've laid it out mostly for y'all. If we can solve some problems at defensive tackle, this could be a top 15, top 20, top 10 type of defense again. Um, You're going to lose a little bit when you have three first-round draft picks. That's a given. Okay. We're not, I'm not going to say that we're, we're going to be the exact same team. But there's definitely not a reason to just panic and just act like our defense is going to be scrubbish. It's going to be – this is a Mississippi State team that for years to come, I think the defense has the potential to almost always be competitive in this league because of the foundation that we've laid. Uh, the recruiting that we've done in um, years past, uh, the recruiting, recruiting we've done recently, you know, I named a bunch of freshmen that were studs in high school that are going to be able to contribute for years to come. And that's good if Mississippi State, because if the offense takes the step up that we are expected to, you know, who's to say Mississippi State isn't one of these uh, dark horse contenders like it was last year in this league? You know? Yep. Um, that's all we've got for today. Sorry for a little bit scrambling around. We uh, had to put this one together. Uh, we had to throw the show together. 
kind of on the fly due to some technical difficulties here at the end of uh, our planning stage. But we thank you for listening. Uh, we hope that you'll tune in next time to Hellset Shockwave. Uh, best of luck to y'all, whatever you're doing, whatever you've got going on. And, of course, hell state and praise the Lord and go dogs. Hell state.